This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. She just dropped this article, this piece where she's telling women that they should close their legs and open their hearts and their minds. And I think that, you know, I want us to have a conversation about it. And she's also out here fixing people's lives. This is the last season of Iyanla Fix My Life. Last season. Let me welcome the one and only, the great Iyanla Van Zandt. Welcome. Friday. <laughs> hey. How are you, my love? I am. I am. I am awesome. We um, thank you, first of all, honored to have you. We kicked off the show, of course, giving um, some some love to DMX, who has passed into becoming an ancestor. Yeah. And uh, before we get into your story, I, I remember you actually had him on Fix, you know, it was one of the most memorable, actually, um, Fix My Life. And it, it went left. Um quickly as you were trying to, you know, get his son, his family healed. Um, Any thoughts about that, you know, uh, upon hearing about his death? He's free. He is Mm -hmm. free. You know, the end of this physical existence and experience takes us into a whole nother uh, experience. And the thing that I've always said about him is that he was anointed, but he was never consecrated. I mean, this is a young a man who grew up, you know, in the streets from the age of seven, eight, nine, never really had a, a father. Um, his mother wasn't really in his life. The soft spot in his life was his grandmother. And I remember, you know, I was with him for three days. You all saw 90 minutes. Mm. Um, I remember those soft spots where he talked about his grandmother. And the thing that I, I said to him, why isn't her love enough to sustain you? And part of it, Karen, is because he comes from a time and an age when our young men were paid to be dysfunctional. I mean, everybody knew that the whole culture of that hip-hop environment with the drugs and the sex and the guns, I mean, that's how we lost Biggie, Tupac, so many others. That's the culture he came from. So he was paid to remain in his dysfunction. Um, But he's free now. He is free now. My heart goes out to all of his children, particularly Xavier, because I worked with him and Xavier. Um, And my prayer is that his anointing now becomes full so that we can really honor him and venerate him as an ancestor. But he's free, so praise God. Praise God. You you two, um, in many of your books, and you have a lot of books where you talk about your struggles and, and the things that you've gone through. And you were t- we were talking before you got here that this is, this is a time when we need to um, give each other grace. We need to learn how to love one another better. We need to give each other a break. There's so much toxic uh, behavior, particularly on, on the Internet, on, on social media. And, you know, I said, if this were 10 years ago, you know, Lamont brought up, and, and let me just say, Lamont's here, and Joyelle Nicole Johnson is here, Lamont King as well. Hi. <laughs> to make sure I include them. Um, he was saying that, you know, th- he would have been a punchline 10 years ago, but now we have more understanding that people are sick. Yes. And see, he comes from that time when the proliferation of drugs were not... Um, was not headline news because it didn't affect white folk. But now opioid addiction affects the suburbs, so, you know, everybody is hysterical about it. But when 
he came from that time and that culture when it was being propagated and promoted and in our community and nobody paid attention to it. So he's a cautionary tale. And my hope is that the young people coming up who, you know, grow from his music, who look to his music, will take precautions so that they do not make the same errors that he did and that they don't allow the entertainment industry to squeeze their life out of them as they're being, you know, celebrated for levels of dysfunction. He was a, he was anointed, Karen. I spent time with this man. I heard him pray. People don't know that part, you mm-hmm. know. And I also drew a real clear boundary with him because even though I knew that he had uh, a substance issue, I I, I wasn't going to allow that to excuse some of the behavior. And I think as women, that's what we do sometimes is we know people's story or their history or their issue or their challenge, and then we accommodate bad behavior. And I, I wasn't going to accommodate bad behavior. And I, I told him, I love you enough to tell you the truth. Yeah, that was so, it. Was a contentious uh, the episode that I saw. It was yeah, very, well, if yeah. you had heard some of the things that he said, <laughs> but he's free now, and you know there are no grievances. There, are, there's nothing to forgive. My heart goes. He's, you know, he's got eleven children who now don't have a father. Mm. So um, let's wow. just lift him. Yeah. Let's lift him. Let's go back to our culture. And let's be the drum for him. Let's say a prayer for him. Let's light a candle for him. Let us lift up, not DMX and the, and the dysfunction that was what he did. Let's lift Earl Simmons. Yes. Let's yes. lift him. Because I don't think the creator is going to say, excuse me, Mr. DMX, uh, welcome to this side. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be gonna, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the last season Saturday. You're opening up, uh, Yana fix my life, fix my life, uh, with Lisa Ray, who yeah. is, uh, been in the, in the news a lot last, yeah. most recently talking about why she's okay with the white guy talking about how he likes his women compared to toast, burnt toast and other things. But in, what are we, what are we going to see in this <laughs> as she's trying to heal her relationship with her mom, uh, with her daughter? Um, and, uh, trying to focus on herself. What this, this had to be taped months ago, I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, she came with her mom and her daughter and we really, that we weren't able to move effectively. And so I told them to go back and do some work. And she said, maybe we can come back in six months. Well, it wasn't six months, but she was clear that she wanted to do some work on herself because she was the common branch on that tree to her mother, to her daughter, to the mm-hmm. granddaughter. So one of the things that I recognize with uh, Miss Lisa Ray, something that I wrote uh, in 1994 called The Value in the Valley. That's right. The things that women can learn from the difficulties that they face in life. Nobody's teaching us that. So we just think this is happening and it's bad or I did that and it's bad or they did that and look what they're doing to me. But there's value in the valley. So what I did with Lisa Ray was walk her through the 12 valleys that a black woman faces in her life. And, and the goal of it was to get her to the throne. And the throne is not just a physical edifice. The throne is your heart. We have to learn how to live from our heart, Karen. So many of us women are men in skirts, 
You know, we live with a masculine paradigm. And so she has to learn how to live from her heart. And so that's what you're going to see, her journey from her head to her heart and then back to her head. So that's what you mean when the, the way we're moving, it's time for us to close our legs. So you weren't talking about sex per se? Well, yeah, I am talking about sex. Let me tell you why. Because in this society, um, my experience, this is my experience, life according to you, Iyamba, pay me no mind. One of the ways that we as, as women of color, and I say women of color because I'm black, brown, and red, as women of color, that we get valued and valuated is through the through sex, through our sexuality, through our, you know, that that stereotype of the oversexed vixen, you know. And so, and many of us have lost our sense of worth and value beyond that. Some of us never knew a daddy's love, so we look for love in the bed. Some of us mm-hmm. never had a sense of value, so what we can do and how we can make ourselves valuable to you, you know, which to a to some hard penises is, you know, make me feel good. And so we're we're engaging in sex without a clear connection to our sensuality, our sexuality as a seat of power. I always say she who has the madam rules, and you know what the madam is. She who has the madam <laughs> rules, but we don't know how to rule. We just give it away, you know, for a Big Mac and a, a large sweet tea. <laughs> Not a sweet tea. Not a sweet, a sweet tea. tea. <laughs> Georgia. McDonald's Sprite. Haven't right. had. And I want us to close our legs for a while. Stop having babies. Stop being with keeping men through sex and go to the throne. Fully occupy the throne of our authentic self, of our true being of who we are, you know. I want us to stir up the Harriet in us, the sojourner in us, the the, the, the Maya Angelou in us. I want us to stir that up so that when we move out into the world, you know, we're moving from a place of power and not from a place of broken dysfunction and need. Mm. Okay. Hello, this is Joyelle. First of all, I don't know how to address you. I'm not sure what I should call you. Just call me um, Ia. Ia is fine. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, I am a huge proponent of therapy, uh, couples therapy. I have an individual therapist. And when you said Lisa Ray should do the work, um, I would assume that you, you're meant, you're meaning some type of therapy, individual yes. therapy on herself. Absolutely. Yes. I, I said that to her, to her mother and her daughter, because sometimes, and I know you know this, uh, sometimes we normalize the dysfunction. So we can't even see uh, another way, another possibility. And it becomes so normalized to cuss, to fight, to scream, to holler, to do those things until we need support, we need help, you know, and yeah. therapy counseling. And, you know, depending upon the the, psych, the psychosis, if you want to call it, or whatever the disruption is, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, for us as people of color, two things. One, culturally, you don't tell your business outside of the house. So we don't want to go tell somebody else our business. And then two, the genetic memory, I believe, the genetic memory of us being wrong because of the color of our skin makes it difficult for us to say, 
something's wrong here. Something's wrong mm-hmm. with me. You know, something's wrong with how I feel. We don't want to own the wrongness. So it's more difficult for us. But I, I think therapy, counseling, it's, you know, external, another set of eyes. Let's call, What can we call it? <laughs> yeah. Can we come up with another name? so that we don't be so adverse to it. Now, hey, yeah, this is uh, Lamont. Um, Hi, Lamont. Hey, how are you? Quick question. So did you deal with, when going back to Lisa Ray, did you deal with the dynamic between her and her half-sister? No, because you can't deal with someone's dynamic with somebody else until you deal with that dynamic with themselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you you meaning you you brought uh, she brought her mom and her that daughter. That was the first. Was... That was before they had another episode where it was the mother, Lisa and her daughter, and then she came okay. back on this season by herself. Mm-hmm. By herself. Oh, okay, because she had a yeah. very public spat with uh, with the brat, and I was wondering if if all those things were connected or related in some way, those relationship issues? Well, it's all connected to the fact that she wasn't present for herself. Mm. And I, I know, you know, if, when, particularly if you're in this entertainment world, if you're in this fast life, moving image, brand, blah, 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 you, you can lose touch with yourself. You know, that's one of the reasons I'm leaving Fix My Life, because mm. I can see, I can foretell that the minister, coach, authentic self I am is right at the precipice of becoming uh, compromised by the celebrity public figure TV host. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to let that happen. Okay. You know, Fix My Life has been my ministry. It's what the creator sent me to do. I was not trying to do TV. I've been writing books for 30 years. Yep. I wasn't trying to do television, but when God said, go do it, I went and I did it. And then when it's becoming work now and I got to worry about ratings and brand and, oh, uh-uh, no, no, mm-mm, not doing mm-hmm. that. <laughs> so what's the next project? What's the next project? Well, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm starting it right now. I am very, very, very concerned, partly, partly because of Fix My Life, about the trauma so many people are living as a result of unresolved sexual abuse trauma. Mm-hmm. So many people who were sexually abused, sexually violated as children, particularly in our communities, have never dealt with the trauma. And it shows up in all kinds of ways. So I'm getting ready to do a five-day process for people. I have to do it on Zoom because, you know, we can't be in the same room. But as a spiritual technician, that's okay. I want to give people tools to help them, first of all, neutralize the trauma, and second of all, begin to build their life beyond the trauma. Mm-hmm. Because that has a lot to do with why our legs are open and our hearts are closed. And where can people connect with this uh, Zoom and the five-day process? Uh, they can go to yamla.com. They can go to yamla.com and they'll find out about it. Just get on the mailing list and you'll get the information. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate you. I want to do healing. I want, you know, we're suffering, Karen. Yes. We are suffering. And everybody talks about the suffering, but nobody is providing the healing. Everybody talks about, oh, this, that, the voting, the bad, the woo, blah, blah. But what are we going to do to heal our minds? What are we going to do to heal our hearts so that we can continue to persevere? Because, you know, we're facing a big battle here. You know, the world is changing. Yes, it the is. The world has changed. Thank you, Corona. 
The world has changed. But we're still fighting or dealing or addressing with habitual problem-solving techniques that are no longer relevant. We got we to gotta do this different. We have to do this different. Yeah. You know, whether it's the voting, okay, so you can't give me water because I'm standing in line for eight hours. Well, later for you, I'm going to bring my own water. I don't need your that damn part. water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you want me to not vote on Sunday uh, from the, you know, souls to the polls? Well, damn it, I'm going to put my Sunday hat on and I'm going to vote on Wednesday. You know, but because of the instant gratification and the external validation that we've been programmed to receive, we're not equipped to do the long haul. We got to do the long haul. Remember, them people didn't get on that bus, didn't ride that bus for three years. Remember that. It wasn't overnight. Three years that Montgomery boy, I mean boycott, bus boycott. So we've got to get ready for that kind of battle. And we and 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 I, I don't think we're ready because we're dealing with so many personal things. Well, you're getting us ready, and you've always talked about people doing the work. Well, you've been out there doing the work, as you mentioned, for 30-plus years because you did the work on yourself. So I'm looking forward to this next next part of your journey. And I, I'm so grateful when I when I call, you always answer. And always. Um, thank you for coming through today. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing for us. Keep the conversation going. Absolutely. 